welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm Petter and this is James. How's it going? And today we're talking about volume 2 of Asadora. This volume starts to give us more information about these, well, supposed kaiju. I mean, I think at this, this point I feel like it's kind of safe to say that they are kaiju or it or it or they, whatever. whatever yeah, whichever one, one it is. One or several, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like one of the things that's things that we learned pretty much right off the bat in this volume is that they've been growing like at a rapid pace uh, from pretty big to humongous, supposedly. So that's interesting and kind of scary. <laughs> very, very frightening. Um, and it makes you wonder how people have just not noticed these things, really. I, I guess if it's one, then where it is and how it hides it i guess that works but Mm. we've seen a really big footprint (laughs) that it left yeah and also whatever that tail tentacle i right i think it's a tail but it could be a tentacle i'm not sure yeah either way it's rather large (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i mean i'm glad we have confirmation that other people have like taken pictures of it or have seen it right um because when they first see it in uh in the first chapter or so of of this volume, it feels like her uh, Asa's family, it, the ones who have survived, don't even notice it. Which yeah. I feel like something that monstrous, uh, huge, you would be able to notice it. I feel like, but right, yeah. So that got me really confused. Um, <laughs> but at, by the end of this volume, I'm 100 convinced that yes, these monsters are very visible. But just for some reason, people uh, or the monster is able to hide itself in some way. Right. Or, or may, yeah, somehow, like, as long as it's like under the water surface, like in the yeah, ocean, yeah, in that, like, I, I'm right, sure right. it can hide itself pretty well that way. But I was thinking, like, since we learned that they've been growing very quickly, or it, or they, mm-hmm. whatever, um, I had the thought that what if they just recently started growing from something very, very, very tiny? And that's why they haven't been seen before. But recently, for whatever reason, they started growing and growing and growing and not stopping to grow. Uh, and that's why they just only recently started to become noticeable by a few people, at least. That, that I, I, share, I, I share in that theory. Mm. And I, I think it goes back to what we were talking about in the first discussion. Is this a Godzilla type of situation, you know? nuclear bomb caused mm. phenomena right uh not not sure i mean it could be anything really but that was Gojira's uh, origin story but yeah i guess what i'm hung up with is that why they don't notice it now um how and how is it able to avoid detection so easily but i guess it's just is able to sneak back into the water pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I guess it did have the the storm mess as a cover. I guess when when it was there. That's true as well. Mm. Yeah. And in the jungle, I guess there's a lot of trees and stuff that it sub yeah. supposedly hides in. So. Yeah. 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 S- speaking of the jungle, and since we're talking about mm. the monsters, the guy that went with the scientists, he. He says Asa. Yeah. Like, what the freak? That was so like, what? weird. <laughs> what is that? How? Why? Like that? Um, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, because if that's supposed to actually, like, if he's actually referring to the Asa that we know, 
and that then it's incredibly strange and mysterious. And yes. Like, uh, I was also curious, like when that scene took place, like when in time it took place. Um, yeah, it was unclear. It, mm -hmm. If it was, I guess, exactly where it was placed, or if it took place maybe a few years later. Although, yeah, I don't know. Like the guy, uh, the guy who's there, who's who's also at the museum at the end, mm -hmm. Nakaido. He looks to be about the same age when when he's at the museum as he is in the jungle. So I I guess it's not too right. they are they aren't too far apart. But I guess you never know exactly the chronological order of things. Right, and Asa does see the picture of the claw marks on the tree. So yeah. at the very least, that scene happens before she moves to Tokyo. Precisely. So whether it's at the same time as the terrible storm or if it's relatively, uh, you know, maybe like a couple months before we see the time skip. You know what, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that'd be interesting. But I just wonder, with the Asa thing, was the guy speaking his own language? Because it's unclear exactly what language he was speaking. Yeah. They said they're asking for dollars, but I'm pretty sure dollars is just kind of the uniform currency um, in some poor countries, at least at the time. I don't mm. know what the case is anymore. Because I don't think this would be North America or, or you know, the U.S. Uh, I mean, no. Maybe they're, in, it seems... maybe they're in the bayou. I mean, I've seen some pretty crazy stuff, but uh, <laughs> not not that kind of foliage yeah i i got the feeling that it was like either africa or south america yeah somewhere one of those two. Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean obviously those are big areas and if it's, but, and uh, if it's yeah. dollars then maybe south america is more likely yeah fair i guess yeah yeah but it could it could be africa i mean i i couldn't tell if what exactly the nationality or the ethnicity i should say hmm. urasawa was going for but right anyway uh yeah, could he have been speaking his own language and that's Asa is just a word in that, that language that came out? Right. Is he is he crazy crackbot theory time? Is he saying the word that he thought the monster was saying? Like Oh. I Oh, gosh. oh, because last time you thought like it was calling to her through the wind. Yeah, or, yeah, like, or yeah. That, or it sounded like the wind. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause why else would he say that specifically? Because there's no way Asa herself would have been there. You know, she. There's no way she has connection with this man. Yeah, right. It seems really strange. Like unless there's some kind of time travel shenanigans happening. But oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. I, I don't know. Man. Uh, honestly, yeah, that's such a big mystery, and I love it. It's so interesting, yeah. and I can't wait to find out more. Is it is very attention grabbing? That's for sure. Absolutely. But should we get into the character discussions? Yes, but before we do uh, completely, let me just say, you know, kudos to you because you pretty much guessed everything that was going to happen in, in this next volume. Like <laughs> somehow, and I, and I kind of like I kind of disagree. Like I, I said, yeah, I could totally see that, or or totally maybe was the wrong word. Like for example, her flying the plane is like, yeah, right. that makes sense. But I thought, man, maybe that's just too Mary Sueish, or you know, like. Mm -hmm you know um, a little unbelievable and and to to an extent yeah i mean <laughs> how does a, a person of this size pilot a plane like that however it was still amazing and she's uh, it's obviously established that she's very gifted when it comes to an airplane so mm. uh i've i've come made my amends with it my made my peace 
with it. Great. Um, <laughs> and and I just think she's just obviously a, a very talented and gifted person. But anyway, so that that was kind of like what I was reading. I was like, oh, Petter was right. <laughs> but you were wrong. You were wrong about Kasuka dying. Or, or yes. you, you were very worried about Luckily, that. Luckily, I was wrong about that. About that one. Yeah. So, yeah. Honestly, I got everything I wanted from this volume. <laughs> you, you did. You really did. You win. <laughs> my predictions that I wanted to happen happened. And my predictions that I didn't want to happen didn't happen. So. Perfect. Win-win. <laughs> win-win. Uh, yeah, but that, that, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that you ended up being okay with that, even though you... I guess you thought that if something like that happened, it wouldn't be great, but I'm glad you liked it anyway. Yeah, it was good. I like it. Nice, me too. Very well then, let's get into Asa properly. I like how, I mean, I guess since we were on the whole fl- flying thing, like I love how mm-hmm. she started referring to the plane almost as if it's a, it's a, if it's a living person, it's like a living, th- living <laughs> yeah. thing, I guess at least. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought that was very sweet, and it really, really, it really seems like, like this, this airplane might... Like, be, like, be almost like a main character, like in the story, almost like it may yeah. stay with her through the years, kind of. And I think that's that's very cute, like very sweet. Yeah, I I do love the kind of bond that she quickly gains with this airplane. Um, I mean, yeah. hey, life and death situations, you'll you'll probably bond with the thing that <laughs> it saves your life. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So de- definitely uh, a a nice moment for her. And and again, going back to our first discussion i think we talked about the possibility of her using that airplane to maybe get close to the kaiju you know mm. sometime in the future or something like that. i think that could be an excellent way to, to tie that in right and have that be not just an important thing for her character but an important thing for the story yeah i mean it's almost kind of seems like that like something like that is going to happen now with with that that colonel like coming with the photo and everything like he seems right and he seems interested or at least impressed by asa so i feel like there may mm. be something like that um in the future yeah but yeah she did become i guess the new hero of the skies <laughs> here and kasuga gave her this idea to extort the the previous owner of the airplane uh or the drug dealer or whatever you want to call him uh more baby powder uh, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, milk powder Milk powder, not baby powder. Yeah. <laughs> D- different, different kind of powder. Yeah, but yeah, that that was actually that was really cute. How she thought it was milk powder <laughs> and didn't understand what it was. Uh, but but I I like I like the the extortion I guess. Um, it um and like the way in that scene how she defended Kasuga and said that he wasn't a thief but actually a, like a true hero. I thought that moment mm-hmm. was like it, it got me pretty emotional and it was a nice kind of callback I guess to her. Or like initially accusing him of being a thief, but now she defended him from someone who who accused him of that and said that he was a hero. I thought I think that's a great turnaround. And that really only happened in like twenty four hours or so, or less than that even probably. Well, I mean that's when she got kidnapped as well. So you know a lot a lot of stuff happened. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort of sense. But I think she had pretty much forgiven him and said that he, you know, she wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. Uh, to the authorities before that. But I agree with you. I like that she uh, she knew who the real Kasuga was, and that everything that had happened is just not not true. And your actions really defined you. Um, but but we'll, yeah. we'll talk about we'll talk Kasuga later. Mm. Um, that this was another moment where it, you know the, <laughs> it's very much like how is this twelve year old doing 
doing this exactly. But I mean, kudos to her. She's got guts. She's got moxie, kid. Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> she does. When she wants something, she she goes for it. I love that. Yeah. It, definitely a, a scary moment. And I I don't know if I would want want something enough to go through all that but <laughs> she did it yeah really and that's something she really like put upon herself because like the first situation that like last volume dealt with and the first parts of this volume like that wasn't a situation that she had chosen to be in like she she just found herself in that situation because the world put her there but yeah with extorting that guy for the airplane that's a situation that she actively put herself in because she just wanted the airplane so much. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's very, very cool. Have you ever had a birthday present that you've put your, put your life in, on the line for? I don't know no. if I have. I can say no to that one um, pretty, pretty confidently. <laughs> yeah, wow. But that birthday moment where she, tell, where she reveals that mm. her birthday is today yeah. and that she's never had a birthday present and I've never, she's like, I never really asked for anything, but I, but I want one thing and that's this plane. It's like, oh yeah. man, mm. that, that hit hard. Really did. And, and also at that time you didn't, you, you didn't know for sure if Kazuga was hearing that. Um, I guess, I think he kind of caught the last part of that monologue, mm. quote unquote, but yeah. Yeah. It was so, so good. And I, actually that got me thinking, uh, I wanted to figure out like what is actually Asa's birthday. And so I looked up, well, we I talked about the Isa one typhoon last time, and it made landfall with Japan on September 26th. And I'm quite sure that was the day before Asa's birthday. Like, there was a night when they took shelter, and, like, between the day when the, the typhoon hit and the day that this book starts in, you know? I'm hmm. pretty sure. Which would mean that Asa's birthday is September 27th. Ah, okay, okay, okay. I get you, I get you. In that case. Um, and I wonder if the newborn brother of hers was born on the 26th or 27th. Um, <laughs> I know. It's, like, we don't it's know kind of sure. funny that her sibling was basically he, the same day. I mean, within yeah. probably the same 24 hours. Uh, right. I mean, it, it might be the same exact date. Uh, and if not, it's, this, it's the day before. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess since we mentioned uh, her brother, uh, it seems like at least part of her family is gone. Although yeah. she is claiming that they're still out there, <laughs> that the monster took them. Yeah, I mean, she, she believes... I mean, in the Izuan Typhoon, a lot of people died, but even more people went missing, if I recall. Uh, mm. Or at least a lot of people went missing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, probably dead, but without any bodies being found, I think, I, right. I assume, in, in most of those instances. Um. And I guess that's the case with her family. Or not necessarily dead, I suppose. But, yeah. I mean, of course she would keep hope up about them being alive somewhere. I think that's perfectly in her character. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely is in her character. And it, it does make me a little worried in that, like, she gets to the monster and finds her family. Like, yeah, that'd be great reunion, I suppose. But it's also just like, what? No! <laughs> Like th then it gets like too far where this girl can just like wish for anything and she gets it. Uh, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. If something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a bit, bit too good. Be, I, I, I think it'd be, I think it'd be better if yes, she has in fact lost her family mm. a little more realistic. Yeah. I mean, I know? agree. I, I agree completely. 
that's just my thing. But the fact mm-hmm. that she's still very much in the in the thought that her parents, her family is just missing, uh, or that the monster took him. It's like, hmm, what, did she know. say that the monster took them? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like like uh, captured them or like. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, um, it stomped on my house and took away my family. Took away my family. Hmm. I yeah. guess that could be interpreted though. Did not necessarily mean that it's like kidnapped them or like it could be something else. Like it took them away from her. Like just separated her from them. Yeah, that could be. It's just interesting that it would phrase it like took away my family. Fair, right? Yeah, I mean, and it might be something like that, but I didn't read it that way. But I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, hmm. but yeah i uh i admire her hope like about all of this but but yeah i i at the same time i i hope that they're dead <laughs> um for the sake of the story i suppose um yeah i mean at the time i wanted them to be alive obviously but we're you know five is it five years later yeah since since that moment and they're 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 missing it's it's time (laughs) it's time to call it call it but maybe i'm a maybe i'm the fool and we'll be shown that they're still alive but um no no but i also think they are but she's in denial and she's just incredibly hopeful and that makes it hard for her to let go of that let go of the idea that they're alive somewhere i think yeah but she did she did get some of her family so yeah that's that's something and and so at least it was not all for naught and obviously she helped so many people with the rice balls and and all that but Mm. obviously her main goal was to get to her family but uh only three were left right but in the translation notes for this volume it's revealed that the the fairy tale that she's talking about when she's flying the plane is called taro the dragon boy Mm. and it explains that this uh, story was released in a book that was published in 1960. Mm. And while this takes place, or when she was talking about it, it was still the year 1959. So that story shouldn't have existed yet. Oh. Last time when we talked about the song that she likes a lot, the one that you had done some research on called Why by Frankie Avalon, we, or I think you, during our discussion, realized that, whoops, that one didn't come out until, I guess, a little bit after when this story takes place, also. Yeah, it was, like, in December yeah, of that year. Right, right. So it shouldn't have existed in September uh, of 1959. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very similar situation with that song, which we, I guess, we sort of started doubting ourselves a little bit on that being the, the, the intended song when we realized that the timing was a bit off. Um, yeah. But still, we couldn't find and i've also searched around a little bit and I, I also couldn't find anything that fitted better than that one than that song and also knowing now that taro and the dragon boy was mentioned in the story even though it shouldn't have been out yet it makes me feel kind of safe i think that frankie avalon's why is the song that is the intentional or the intended song that that uh, asa likes a lot uh you know there's supposedly kaijus existing in this world so if if some release dates are a bit off like <laughs> it, you know it's it's already not the real world yeah i, I guess mm-hmm. you know so um i think i think uh we aren't supposed to i guess take everything too seriously with historical 
events and stuff like that. Mm. Even though obviously it is historical to to a, a large extent, but maybe not one hundred percent, and or evidently not one hundred percent, because with the story, the Taro, the Dragon Boy, because of that, I think the Why Frank by Frankie Avalon is is very safely the the correct song. That was a good bit of detective work from you, Peter. <laughs> I, I hadn't even put that together. I, I just, I mean, I read those those notes because I love learning about some of the, you know, historical things or the cultural things. Yeah. I wish more manga would do that. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I read that, but I didn't didn't think about it at releasing in, in 1960. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a year after this, the the first volume. So, yeah, um, yeah that's that's a good good point. <laughs> she sings that, that song, uh, the Y song. Yeah. And is in a way kind of calms her down or yeah. or tries to make her happy when she just found out that her home was destroyed. Right. Yeah, she was trying not to cry. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if that will be a song that returns, maybe? And I, I would really so. love for her to find the name of this song. Like that yeah. would, that would be so nice at mm-hmm. one point. Even though like the song is probably not as hot anymore, you know, it's not as yeah, popular, not. like it's still, I'm sure it's still a song that she has a soft spot for, even though she might not have heard it in a few years, perhaps. Um, if she, if she ever does find out what, what it is and who it's by and everything, I think that that's going to be a very nice moment. There was a cover of this song that came out sometime in the sixties. Ah. So, and it, it, it did really well. So I wonder maybe she hears that. Right. And yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, I know this song. Uh, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. I, like I don't that. know. Or 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 she just hears the the 1959 version. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> would really like some closure there. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, we've mentioned the time year or the time year, the five year time skip. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we find ourselves in September of 1964. And only a day after Asa's 17th birthday. So it's really almost exactly a five-year timescape. Like almost to the day, mm. five-year mm-hmm. uh, timescape. And um, the 1964 Summer Olympics hosted in Tokyo, interestingly, didn't actually take place until October that year. So we're pretty close to, to that happening pretty soon. Because um, when, when I realized like this was a day after Asa's birthday, which, which is at the end of September, I was like, wait, Summer Olympics 1964. Shouldn't that have already happened? Uh, but no, it, it actually wasn't until October. So that's still ahead of us and pretty close uh, to it. I think it started in uh, or on October 10th. So, so yeah, that's probably something that we'll see in the next volume, I, I assume. Nice. October's a good month. I really like October. <laughs> Sweet, yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, real quick, I you know I wonder why. Yeah, I guess Summer Olympics. If you if you do it in in October, is technically fall, or it is fall at that point. Yeah. But it's so much cooler, <laughs> like than doing it in August or <laughs> yeah. July whenever they do right. it. Right. Like, yeah. It's so hot that time of year. It, it's too hot. Yeah. Especially like Tokyo gets really hot in, in like the it middle does. of the summer. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't blame them. If if it was for that reason, I don't blame them for doing it. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, precisely. But I don't I don't know exactly what. Actually, been, actually, look yeah. something up that there was a Winter Olympics in like January 1964 or something like that, and I don't know if that had been delayed. I didn't actually read into that at all, but I saw that there had been one, hmm. and I wonder if if that was delayed for some reason 
like from a different year and happened in January, then maybe they didn't want the Summer Olympics to be too close to it, so that maybe they delayed it a little bit to, to fall or something like that. But mm. I, I, that, that's really just me speculating a bit. It makes it makes sense to push it back a little bit because of the heat as well. <laughs> yeah. So she now has a flying kind of company that she yeah. runs with uh, Kasuga. Yeah. And she uses her name in hopes that the her family will find her. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like this is such a fitting profession for her at this point in her life. So it's it's yeah. great that <laughs> that's somewhat going well, though the marketing is, is not their advertising is, is not booming so unfortunately mm. they not things are not looking great but sketchy guy comes in <laughs> don't know like exactly where this is going but maybe they they'll be able to uh keep the company in the air we'll right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah man yeah, her her like not giving up on her family in that way is so beautiful, but also probably pretty tragic since they're probably not around. Oh, well, yeah. Who who knows, I guess, but but yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And I also loved how how Asa just really snapped on that guy who told her to fly in a swimming suit. <laughs> and like like cuz it really, it's she's just the same as she was when she was 12, you know, she it's she true. isn't afraid to like say what she thinks or do what she wants. Uh, in order yeah. to, I guess, to stand up against what what she believes is wrong, like she has no hesitation in that, and I I respect her so much for that trait of hers. It's so awesome. She's so awesome. Yeah, agreed. And according to Kasuga, she is a reckless pilot, and I wonder if that's going to come into play, like if we see her flying more. I guess we haven't seen her fly too much, like or well, we saw her flying when she was twelve as a beginner, and we saw her doing that that show. But we haven't seen her like uh-huh. do like like I guess serious actual flying in like a I guess a bigger scene sort of, and I wonder if her recklessness is going to show whenever we get to a scene like that. I could totally see it. Yeah. <laughs> but despite her recklessness in the air, I wouldn't call her necessarily a reckless person on the ground. Like very, you know, very go getter, strong. Uh, takes command in some ways mm. although although not i wouldn't say overbearing yeah, yeah um although maybe to her siblings she may seem that way eh. uh <laughs> yeah but it's almost like her attitude kind of changes when she's in the cockpit and i guess maybe maybe that's similar for kasuga who kind of takes on the hero of the skies persona when he's <laughs> behind a plane yeah uh or in a plane mm-hmm. um not, I mean, I'm not trying to say there's anything there. Just it's interesting that she just feels so confident and maybe maybe overly so when she's in the cockpit versus when she's on the ground. She's she's confident. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it, it's it's much less cocky and and, and maybe a little more uh, I don't know kind hearted. It makes me sound like that she's a jerk in the in the sky. <laughs> she's not. No. It's just no. just kind of different. I don't know. <laughs> probably yeah. explain myself very well right no no but i, I get i get it and like because it, it is true at least the the recklessness part of it is definitely yeah. true that she doesn't really come off as a reckless person at in, in the same way on the ground maybe by reckless he means that she she's prone to putting herself in a situation that might be lethal or dangerous to her which is uh, which is more likely to do when you're in a plane than when you're outside of, like when you're on the ground like so maybe it's not a personality shift, but more so that she is in a plane, which is 
more dangerous than just walking on the ground. I mean, that's true. Could be that, but 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 I see your point as well, though. No, no, I'm actually making a different point now. Oh, <laughs> but also, she is pretty reckless in that in putting herself in danger. Actually, you on right. the ground as well. I true, mean, we just true. had this whole thing where she <laughs> kind of conned the con man. True, she know? did do that. She did do that. So maybe I'm just maybe you know what? Forget the last five minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, she's a reckless person. She is. Yeah, in and out of the cockpit, she is a reckless person. <laughs> wow. Uh, hey, but I'm glad we had this conversation. <laughs> yes, very great. <laughs> Ah, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, she's a lot of things, though. She is reckless, but she's also a good friend. Yeah. As we see when she's talking to her classmate, Yone, uh, who is, you know, she, she notices that something's upsetting Yone, or it's like there's something wrong, and she really showed, or she, yeah, she really made an effort to show her support, even, even when Yone was sort of, like, there was moments when she was kind of backing out, and like, she didn't really feel like telling us about what's what was on her mind but asa kind of just continued showing her support there even though yone was kind of backing out of it which eventually resulted in yone opening up to asa and uh, probably you know which was probably a good thing for her as well so mm-hmm. I, I just i just really appreciated seeing that just really friendly and caring side of, of asa uh, toward a, a classmate she kind of seemed more like a a typical high school girl um that she had before i mean not many high school girls are flying planes, working at a isekaya, you know, taking care of their siblings. Yeah. But then, but, but she's at school. I mean, yes, she's, she's in, caught in, in a encyclopedia of animals, but uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. She seems like she's just kind of a, still a normal, normal girl in that instance. Right. And supposedly she had also been dancing with those girls before, it seemed like, because one of them said, like, you're the only one who knows all these moves perfectly or something like that. Mm. Um, so she had been doing stuff like that as well. So she does have a social school life, it seems like as well. Yeah, that's true. Well, the fact that you know know these moves perfectly—it's like another thing that she does perfectly. <laughs> it, I, I'm really getting the feeling we're dealing with the Mary Sue here, but you know what? It—it's fine. It's not a terrible thing. It's not a terrible thing, and I think she's a good, great person. And I'm, yes, it's fine. Yeah, it's like not. right. I—I've been sort of dreading thinking about it, but I've also thought about it. Like, yeah, she's just very naturally gifted in, right. in a lot of areas. Uh, and yeah, I generally I take issue with characters like that. But I don't know, just the way she's written, she doesn't come off the way bad Mary Sue's come off, I guess. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times Mary Sue's are hated on because they're kind of boring. They're not very interesting. Right. Yeah, they don't have like they they're not challenged. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. So it does. It's never exciting whenever they're in a scene because you know that they're gonna make it out and everything's gonna be all good. Right, and I don't think that's necessarily happening with with Asa per se. I mean, yeah, there's some pretty incredible things that happen, but I mean, well, well we are only two volumes in, but I mean, so far they've been heart racing moments. So yeah, right. Yeah, it's been incredible, and actually, yeah. Is this maybe actually a Mary Sue that I really genuinely enjoy? I never thought the day would come. <laughs> <laughs> like actually, an actually well-written Mary Sue. Huh. Just going along with that, you know, 
she runs faster than people supposedly <laughs> right she's an ace in the skies which that could just be naturally gifted uh that just are calling in life but she knows the dance perfectly yeah she's she's able to like get people motivated and do good things right yeah so but maybe that's the reasoning behind the naming of of asadora like the 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 title of the manga mm. because it kind of has a soap opera or you know a, a drama type of setting like like maybe you have like the focus of your main character just be this really amazing nearly perfect person <laughs> um go through interesting trials and like i don't know yeah i mean it's true she is going through trials i mean because she is at least what the first volume was largely about was about this girl being put in this disastrous situation mm-hmm. but somehow finding a way to work through it yeah and you know she isn't perfect she has been crying no and well, and you know she has been distraught is anything wrong with crying though she and she yeah it's nothing wrong with crying but it's also like she she was trying to specifically not to cry but she has still been crying and stuff mm. like that. so mm. it's not like she succeeds at, at, at everything she tries to do mm. necessarily that's that's yeah that's fair but she still finds ways to work through these really difficult situations or at least though the storm in the previous volume and i assume there's going to be more trials like that right mm, yeah mm. Last thing I'll say about this kind of Mary Sue idea mm-hmm. is it's ironic to me that she felt so lost among her family to the point where they were didn't really ever celebrate her birthday. Yeah. And Well, I assume they didn't celebrate anybody's birthday. No, no, no. You're right. They didn't celebrate anybody's birthday, but it just kind of made her again lost among among the many. Yeah. Because they just can't they can't make anybody special, well, because they can't afford it. Yeah. You know, they can't make the this the this anyway, so she kind of was lost among her family, and, and maybe didn't feel very special at, at all, mm. and yet she's doing all these incredible things and <laughs> is basically you know basically the opposite of someone who's lost among the crowd in, in a way or who is not unique. Right, but she is incredibly <laughs> gifted and talented, and maybe that's going back to the first volume. Maybe that's uh, what makes the the whole statement about her being and kind of an unknown person yeah. is even more fascinating you know someone doing all these amazing feats i mean obviously that's not necessarily news well i actually i think the first volume is pretty newsworthy oh uh, well yeah that yeah the storm <laughs> and 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 i guess yeah her 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 endeavor to to throw rice balls down from the airplane right i think that would be kind true. of yeah that's someone true. Report it on. but that's true but, but but regardless like that's not something that maybe countrywide people would talk about per se yeah but yet it's still amazing anyway mm-hmm. it's kind of a a broken thought i had but hopefully it made sense it did yeah yeah and yeah yeah it, it is interesting now thinking like, or now now that you helped me to dare to think of her as a mary sue character and to be okay with mm-hmm. that <laughs> right like yeah yeah i think that's pretty brilliant yeah i think yeah that's definitely if you're enjoying the story, it's obviously fine, I think. Yeah. We've talked a lot about Asa, but I, I actually had a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I only have two more things, though. Great. Yeah, go, go for it. I, I'm done with my notes for her, so go for yours. Okay. I, I like how she was looking forward to cheering on Shota. You know, like, yeah. she was kind of hoping that he would be in the race and she can cheer him on from the thing. I, I wonder if they've been able to 
keep in contact. I mean, yes, they mentioned that he sent a New Year's letter apparently yeah. to them, but she but she would reply or write him back, but she never got an answer. Yeah, and that that was like almost nine months ago. At that yeah. point, so there's been a long time yeah. when she hasn't heard from him. Right. And then last thing I'll say is uh, I just like the gag where she's like, oh, I gotta be wary of strange men. Yeah. And then a strange man appears. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't he trying wasn't, to do anything. He wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well then, shall we move on to Shota Hayata next? Oh, yes. Let's do it. I thought this book showed even more than the previous one how how rough Shota's family life is. Yeah, and man. Like, like, seriously, his family or his brother and, well, and brothers and father, like, they can be really, really unpleasant. Uh, well, not just unpleasant, abusive. That, right, Physically yeah, abusive. Exactly. Which, yeah, we didn't, I mean, we understood that they were pretty bad to him last volume, but yeah. Like, verbally, actually, yes, mm, we understood that. But mm, they literally were punching him. And, and Yeah. Yeah, it just. It's terrible. Not great. Not great. Yeah. Actually, honestly, it's incredible that he hasn't turned out were like that he hasn't turned out like them sort of like um I mean, it's been good. 5 years man true, <laughs> it's been true. Five well, years. unless he has we turned out know. like them by now oh okay ah know. no don't say that <laughs> I, I hope not <laughs> i really hope oh oh shit but yeah you're right maybe he has turned out like them in the past 5 years i don't think years. that's where he's going to go but it, yeah, it, it, I, that could hmm. be a plot point it could, could be, be it could but be I don't think but so. yeah i don't yeah i'm going to choose to also not think so for now um <laughs> But regardless, um, assuming he is the same Shota as he was back then, or at the very least that he's remained a good guy, um, I think it's reasonable to think that Asa's influence on him has kind of helped him be a better person than his father and brothers. Yeah. Because she has such a positive outlook on life, and, and just the way she is, I think, has a good influence on people. I think it's thanks to him having become friends with her that maybe he, he turned up better than his than the rest of his family potentially i hope so uh i really do and i actually was kind of hopeful in that when he kind of runs off and says you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the olympics i i'm gonna do my best i'm not gonna let uh asa show me up you know <laughs> i i'm gonna be great and he 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 did like, see her as kind of a uh a goal in mind for him like i'm gonna be just as great as she is Mm. And so I was hopeful that you know, we'd get something along the lines, right? Uh, or, or you know, see him succeeding in something. Yeah. And yet, we get to this point in the story we haven't seen him in the in the time skip, mm -hmm. and he didn't supposedly didn't make qualifying for the Olympics. Precisely. So that has me really worried that he's gone. Maybe he's really, really hard on himself for not doing that. And I'm, I'm sure his family's yeah. maybe even disowned him. Right. I mean, I it could be but... really bad is the thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm worried that his mentality is that I, I can't let Asa show me up. I wonder if that's really eating at him. And he's just like, hmm. I like, don't know. If that's that, turned that into could... something bad, you mean? like it, it could. Like some kind of resentment, maybe? Maybe. Hmm. I mean, maybe yeah, that would be... That would be interesting, but incredibly tragic. It would be really tragic, but then maybe he gets over that, and then something happens, yeah. and then and good good things. But I mm, mm. I don't know. I'm just 
the fact that we haven't seen him and he didn't make the Olympics mm. really has me worried. Same. Absolutely. So I really hope we'll get to see him next volume to find out what's, yeah. what's been up with him. Really hope so. Is that all on him? Yes, yes. Then let's move on to Haruo Kasuga. Uh, I guess he must have been a pretty great uh, flight instructor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he made a 12-year-old land a plane <laughs> twice. It's, it's pretty amazing. But, I mean, his, I, I liked how, and I'm sure Urasawa did his research, but I, I love how he kind yeah. of explained it. You know, mm. keeping the plane level, making you don't, you know, when you bring the plane up, you don't see the ground. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It made sense. Yeah. Like, obviously, I've never flown a plane, but like it, it felt like it felt logical and it felt, I guess, comprehensible. Yeah, and I admire, the, despite the fact that he was passing out from blood loss, mm. he was able to come up with the plan uh, for Asa to get her plane. Yeah, and, exactly. I mean, <laughs> man, I mean, he's he's amazing, and 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 not just that, but also the fact that he kind of snaps out of it in in one moment and says, "I'm the I'm the heroes of the sky," and that just mm. he's just a different person when he when he's up there, and he, I don't know, it, it, it's yeah. a, it's incredible. Right, and I think it just it is, testifies to the fact that when people are in the space where they are comfortable, where they they know what they're doing. They can really be different. Right. And sometimes if they're in a situation where it's just not them, then they suffer. So it, right. I, I, yeah, just, I really like that. Yeah. Kind of it, element. It's, it's really cool. And especially since we saw his backstory kind of last in the last yeah. volume and we saw how shitty his life was when he wasn't, well, when he wasn't flying uh, a plane mm-hmm. and that, yeah, the, the cockpit really is where he belongs. And again, I was so happy that he survived this because I did really have a right. strong feeling that he would that he would bite the dust in this <laughs> volume. But yeah, so relieved, so relieved that he's fine. And even five years after he got shot, he's still doing fine. So that's great. Yeah. I wonder if he flies anymore. Right. Yeah. I guess I guess we don't know for sure. Maybe he takes Asa's plane on a joyride from time to time. Yeah, right. Yeah, he he can do that. I was a bit shocked at how rough he got with Asa when uh, when she came into the room and recognized the creature in the photograph. Yeah, that was like that was shocking. kind of yeah yeah surprising to me. Like I mean, sure we we had seen him be be I guess kind of violent before, like with that shitty coworker he had who who he well basically was the reason that he got fired from the job like who he punched like we 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 know he 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 can be violent and I guess he wasn't like like he wasn't terrible terrible with Asa here but it was still still it felt like a bit a bit like a bit too much maybe and just because I got so shocked when that happened I it made me wonder if it if he may, if maybe he he was maybe just uh too like he was very tense in that moment because maybe he just he doesn't fully trust the colonel or something like that yeah I wouldn't yeah I'm I'm pretty sure it has something to do with that. I don't think he was really upset with her. Right. More so that he didn't want her to get caught up in whatever this guy was um, going to propose to him. Yeah. So I hope it's something like that. Or I assume, yeah, I assume so. Uh, anything else on him? No, I think he's, again, I just think he's a pretty incredible guy. Well, 
I, I really like Kasuga, and I think that he deserves the moniker of Hero of the Skies. Like, it just it really fits him. Absolutely. Yeah, that's him. So let's talk about Kinuyo next. I, I love just seeing how, how upset she was at Kasuga for, for giving Asa that idea to go make the deal with, with the, the owner of the plane. I thought <laughs> it, it really showed how much she cares about Asa at that point. And that, like, she's come such a long... Or at that point, she had come such a long way since she first met Asa, which was really just earlier that morning, I think. Mm. Like, when she and Asa first met, at which point, you know, back then, she gave zero fucks about anything, really. <laughs> and, and, but, but now, like, just later in the same day, she's literally, like, jumping in front of a bullet, or not in a bullet, in front of a gun yeah. uh, for Asa. Because she's, yeah, she has grown so attached and so fond of her. It's, it, I, I love that development that Kinio had. Agreed. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, she ends up taking in Asa and her family in Tokyo. Like, yeah. Com- complete strangers just 24 hours earlier. <laughs> but in the end, uh, they kind of become a family in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, I'm sure Kinio is using the whole, oh, you have to serve me for a long time. Kind of, you owe me kind of a <laughs> thing for the, the rice balls. But deep down, I'm sure she cares for them deeply. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think she really cares about that, or that about that debt. Uh, that Asa I would hope supposedly. not. I, I really, I, I really don't not. think so. It's just like it's, maybe it's something that she might like bring up from time to time, but I don't mm-hmm. think she actually cares about it. Like, really, it definitely, definitely puts her to work. So. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so it sounds like she came to Nagoya to wait for a, a guy who died in war. Um. So oh, I, I, guess I, that... I didn't actually put that together. That that would, was the reason. But maybe that was. I, I think it was. I I feel like it was implied, because they were at her bar. Him, they being, uh, Kinyo and Kasuga. When the guy comes in and basically, it see it, it to me it implies that the fellow army man was told to tell Kinyo that he didn't make it or something. Right, I just, I guess I in my head I didn't put it together that it might have been like a lover or anything like that. Um, but you... I mean, I never you, said lover. You, you didn't, you didn't. Fair, 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 you didn't. Uh, but I guess it could have been. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, regardless, it was it was someone that she knew. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, I feel like that, would, that had to be the reason why she came to Nagoya. But maybe we'll get a clear, clearer version later on. I don't, I'm not sure. Mm. But but they've already but they've already moved to, back to Tokyo, so maybe it doesn't matter at that point. Right, right. But yeah, I think that's all I have on her. Uh, right, yeah, me too. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the police officer next. Um, so he is still, or well, throughout this book, he was still pretty inflexible in a lot of ways. But he he was a much he he, he did much better than in the previous book. Like there were several instances <laughs> yeah. where he, he was actually pretty useful. Like he helped start the plane, and he. He did donate blood to save uh, Kasuga, and 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 yeah, he he went to the air or to the airport place, not at the airport. What was it called? Flight landing place, whatever. Um, he he actually went there with with, with Kinyo and helped save, or yeah, well, potentially save Asa if she needed help. We don't know if she would have needed, but yeah, no, she probably needed it. But yeah, he he did pretty good. Yeah, uh, it was frustrating that he was still being a Karen at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But he, he, he definitely did make made up for it. 
Um, yeah. He's like, I smell a crime, but bro, not now. <laughs> like, we're in the middle of a crisis. Yeah, come on. Um, <laughs> but he made up for he it. Get, he made up for it. What? He gets on Shota's case for not being like Asa. It's like, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like before, you were literally, you know. Telling them to put their plane down, and then you just like turn to a random kid. It's like, hey, you should be more like that kid up in that plane, <laughs> loser. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's like, dude, but but he he does totally make up for it. He took Kasuka to the hospital, gave him blood, mm-hmm. and yeah, helped save Asa in the end. That yeah, that is great. I did like the the bluff that he pulled. Um, you know, saying that the whole police force was outside the building. So it was smart. Uh, like it, 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 it worked. Obviously, it worked, but I, I don't think it would have worked if Gonzo would have, I guess, taken the whole situation about the storm more seriously and like actually, and he, and like, because it, it, it seemed at least based on the previous book that he kind of just he was just kind of meh about everything. Just he didn't care about people losing their homes. He didn't think it was a big deal. Or, or, to him, in his world, it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I figured that if he had taken it more seriously. Then he would have understood that the there's no way the entire police for, police force could be outside his building when there's this catastrophe happening like close by, and mm. if he had been smarter about it, then he could have seen through that bluff. Um, but obviously he wasn't that smart, and so it made sense. <laughs> it made sense that he would fall for it because of who he was. Uh, so I, I liked I liked that. <laughs> yeah, I think just talking about Gonzo a little bit, just yeah. scumbag, you know, <laughs> shot our our hero. But uh, at least he wasn't petty and realized he wasn't he was going to need the plane. And so he just gave it away, which I mean, <laughs> it's just kind of ridiculous that it, this actually worked. But she got the plane. Yeah. And had this had his signature and everything. So, you know what? Whatever. He, he's right. He's not going to need it there. Right. And, and I, I guess he was alone. I don't know, but either way, uh, I, I I like his line where, and I, I kind of quoted earlier, he's like, I yeah. like your moxie, you know? Right, yeah. You got yeah, moxie, but... kid, or something like that. <laughs> Precisely. I mean, yeah, he liked her because, or I assume he, he liked her because cause he has probably pulled off a lot of dirty moves like he oh, himself has enough. in the past. Yeah, fair enough. That, that, or at least that, that's how I, uh, or what I assumed would, was the reason why he liked her. But yeah, her having guts also is admirable that, that I think a lot of people would, would like about her. I mean, I think in that world of the uh, black market drug dealing and whatnot, I, I mm. think that you, you need guts and, uh, yeah, as you said, cunningness to be able to succeed in it. So mm. yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure like she's, got, she's got a future in, the, in drug dealing. <laughs> <laughs> What if that's the, few, the oh twist the story God. takes? Just seventeen-year-old <laughs> girl turns to drug dealing. She's just good at whatever she does. Yeah, <laughs> even crimes. Drug dealing, Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great, great idea for a story. <laughs> ah, well, um, <laughs> uh, was that it on him and uh, the police officer? Yes. Um, a little bit on Mr. Nakaido, the man who followed Professor Yodogawa into the jungle to see those mm-hmm. claw marks at the beginning, and who also appeared at the museum in Ueno. And I don't know. I don't know. Do you have anything to say about him? Um, other than he seems to be quite the skeptic. True. Yeah. 
maybe not very trusting. With, with good reason, I think. Like, it seemed shady. It was shady, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I in mean, the jungle there. there. There was probably a bit of extortion there. Yeah. But in the end, it worked out. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but I just think, you know, as his personality, maybe he'll, he'll, be, he'll be like that even with Asa or any right. other characters. Because I feel like at the end of this volume, he's de- there's definitely setting up where maybe not just Nakaido, but also Professor Yodogawa are brought into the story in some way. Yeah. That's just a prediction, I guess. But Yeah, no, but I, I'm really excited to see the like what his and Asa's meeting is going to lead to. Uh, like that, That's right. probably what I'm the most excited for like in the immediate story right now. Yeah. Uh, next, we got Colonel Minoru Jisoji. Mm-hmm. Um, Kinoyo immediately says that she, well, she has a feeling that he brings bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> that made me worried. Well, he's definitely got the face for it. He does, yeah, and the, the the outfit. Like he's totally yeah shady. Yeah, and and as we as we said when we talked about Kasuga, like it seems like maybe Kasuga is a bit on edge with that guy around as well. So, and, and, and he supposedly knows him, at least to some extent. So, so maybe we... Well, they, he was his we, teacher uh, at, the, at the academy, the gunnery right. academy. Yeah, like he, he specified that he never actually worked under him, but, but yeah, he did have him as a teacher for a while. So, so yeah, since he actually knows him, I think there is reason to worry since Kasuga seemed a bit, a bit on edge. Yeah, for sure. I, I wonder what they're wanting to do um maybe it's a little too typical of government related thing i mean i have no idea if this man is government maybe he mm. yeah maybe he's unaffiliated but mm. there usually is some sort of big organization that <laughs> tries to take the monster for themselves you know what i mean oh, like, tries oh to control yeah. it yeah yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. feel like that's kind of a stereotype <laughs> right or trope it is yeah i would say so yeah so maybe that's kind of the the angle uh, Urasawa was going for with Jisoji. Right. But I'm, again, I'm not entirely sure. It does seem that something shady is happening with, with him, um, especially the fact that they haven't been seen since that night. Right. Uh, yeah. They've been out for like a whole day. Yeah, man. On the one hand, or on the other hand, I mean, it would be nice if this was just Jisoji wanting to protect Japan and just seeing that there's potentially a catastrophic animal nearby, creature nearby. Right. And he just wants to gain more information. And it's not so much that they want to control it and that, you know, kind of evil things. Right. But yeah, that would be refreshing. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, and I, I could... I could maybe see that too. Like, I, I hadn't actually thought about it being like one of these like big organizations wanting to control the beast kind of thing. I hadn't considered that until you brought it up. I, I, I guess I was just kind of at a loss. But I mean, both of your ideas there, I think, are possible. Maybe the first one even more possible, just because it is, as you say, as you say, a trope to a, to a degree. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I just didn't really know what to expect from him, other than him just having <laughs> a bad vibe. Kind he of. is a mystery. Mm, yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. Anything else on him? Yeah, they just about Yokosuka that they mentioned. It's a a former Japanese military base turned into a U.S. controlled one. It's 
one of, if not the biggest, uh, military ports in in the Pacific. Mm. And uh, I, I've been there a couple times, oh. and uh, it's in Yokohama area. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a military base. <laughs> I guess there's nothing much <laughs> else I can say about that. But it, it is oh, interesting right. to to see references to these bases that I've really kind of lived in and grown up. We we mentioned uh, in Kaiju uh, number eight, right? Uh, the military base that I grew up in and how it's it's mentioned there. So it's, it's just really really fascinating to to see some of those. <laughs> You've um, just been to all these places where there's been kaiju in different mangas. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, just watch. The next time they see a kaiju, it, it, they won't say Asa. They would say J- James. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's the opening scene of the next book. <laughs> if I am I am I self inserting myself into the story? Yes, I, I am. I was the Mary Sue all along. <laughs> and this would also, I guess, put some more, uh, give some more promise to my to my time travel theory. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know how you go on from there, but I, I don't know either. Let, let's move on to the next character, Yone, the girl or the classmate of um, of Asas. Yeah, she was scouted by a pop star agency without her friend, and mm-hmm. so now she feels pretty bad about that. And she wanted Asa to tell uh, Miyako for her. I guess that's kind of her struggle uh... at the moment. Pretty pretty rough situation, but. I mean, uh, there are bigger things going on, but but no, but obviously still. bigger things going but, on. But, but for her, I mean, I, I understand that being a, a pretty shitty uh, like situation right now. It's a tough, it's a tough situation, but and you know, she's a, she's a young teenager, and you know, we make mistakes. But mm. going through a friend to tell your other friend about something—that's mm. that's not the way you do it. I know it's hard and awkward, but right and and maybe maybe she will get upset and maybe this will kind of hurt your friendship but i guarantee miyako hearing from uh, asa about this news is not gonna be good i don't i don't see it going really well i've honestly i feel like she'd Mm. be hurt right that yone couldn't tell her i mean i don't know maybe maybe i'm just projecting here and just you know (laughs) how that that's how i would feel yeah no but i i mean i i agree um I do agree because I mean she's already gonna be upset about, or at least to some extent a little bit upset at least about Yone being scouted and not her. Right. Like that—that that, that is already something that would she, she would be upset regardless of who told her. Probably like maybe to a degree she would also be happy for Yone, but but for Yone to not even be able to tell that to her that that would be just extra bad, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe Asa is there when Yone tells her. It's kind of there as a support for both friends. I, I think yeah. that could be a good way to go about it, especially right. if they are good friends, and it seems like they are. So mm. that that's my my suggestion. And you know, ask James here, and <laughs> personal advice. That yeah. Yone, that's my suggestion to you, is to bring Asa. <laughs> you really are putting yourself into the story. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you don't do this? <laughs> I wish I could do this. <laughs> it's a gift. No, okay, I'm done. Uh, my one thing about the situation is I'm unsure if this entertainment scouter is actually one for 
you know, pop idols or mm. is it something a little more sketchy? I, I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I've just never been comfortable with the idea of someone going. Well, I feel like there's kind of a, a negative stereotype about it. Someone, you know, giving someone a card or off the street just saying, hey, you're cute. Like, how about you right. come over here or call this number? Or, you know, I feel like that's not a good thing, but maybe mm. that's more of a modern day versus what was going on in the 60s. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely also get kind of bad vibes from that kind of scouting method, yeah. I guess. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> guess we'll I guess, well, who knows? It's a minor plot point, though, so, like, you know, right, I'm not, I'm not right. too invested in it. Yeah, same, same. Um, but, yeah, then there's, yeah, Miyako as well, as we've mentioned her, also the other friend. And, you know, I find it kind of funny how she wants to form this vocal group with her friends. And she, <laughs> and she named, like, an example of another group. Uh, but all of the examples that Yone was giving, uh, like after that, were just solo singers, and I, I kind of, oh. like, I saw that kind of as foreshadowing that Yone was going to be scouted alone without Miyako, um, or well, on my reread, I, I saw that as foreshadowing for that. Oh, good um, point. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't think about that. Hmm. When she said the peanuts, I literally thought of the Charlie Brown peanuts. I oh, like, what? <laughs> I didn't realize. I mean, I, you know, I didn't know my uh, 60s J-pop. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, How apparently dare. It, was a, it was a group. I know. I got to brush up. I, uh, failing. Mm-hmm. I got the 80s okay. It's just uh, 60s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the 80s was probably when Japanese pop music was becoming more internationally well-known. I, yeah, I think uh, I agree. Like, m- m- more so than before. Obviously, there were some hits. Even before for that, sure but... there were definitely some hits um yeah, like yeah. there's one i can't remember what t- there's one that's really popular sukiyaki yes yeah, yes that, that's probably the that most was, famous like that was time. 60s wasn't it yeah that was like the 60s at some point I, yeah. I'm, I'm quite sure at least yeah uh but yeah that, that was that, that's such a cute song i think like i always find it right here it's like oh it's like so, so cute <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah yeah uh, any other characters you want to talk about uh, I, yeah, let's see. I think we already touched on all of them. Yeah, I'm good. Great. Then moving into the final bit. Predictions and whatever we got there. Um, Well, about Shota's situations, situation right now, I was thinking like kind of what might be going on. I mean, we have we have kind of spe- speculated a little bit. No, please. I want to uh, speculate more. But I, yeah, I do, I do have some other things I wanted to say about that. Uh, one being that I think, I guess, one reason why he's not, I guess, in touch with Asa right now might be because maybe his family's still training him, like, keeping him busy with training. Maybe, oh, there there will be a new Olympics in four years. Um, or, like, like you, you got to train for that. And, like, so he's just, like, even though he wasn't, oh. uh, he, didn't, he didn't qualify for this one, maybe he's still being trained hard for, for the Olympic Games, potentially. Like, I, I can see that being one option. The other one, and this, this one, I think, might be, a bit more likely and also maybe even sadder is uh-huh. that maybe his family is like specifically forbidding him from being in contact with Asa. Oh. Uh, because based on, well, based on their reactions when he talked about her in front of them in this book True. was very negative. I mean, that, that was yeah. when they, they punched him and you're right. Like maybe they, they think that she either, keeps him unmotivated or they think that she 
shames him or something like that and that maybe maybe they have like like a gripe or you know of sorts toward her that they don't want shota to be in touch with her keeps him unmotivated ha little I mean, do they know right yeah like she, it's, <laughs> yeah i mean it's, is... it's silly but i i could see them thinking so no 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 i i, I totally do i i <laughs> i agree um that they mm. would totally think that but it, it's just so ironic because right. that's the exact opposite <laughs> yeah you know? yeah it's not them the brothers i mean yeah maybe that was originally but it's more so that he wants to measure up to us anyway mm, uh mm, mm. but yeah i i think it's not so much the family and more so something up with shota oh. in that oh. i just think he's not feeling great about not making the olympics fair um mm. and maybe he was really s- s- focused um from new year's eve to this point focused on making the olympics and was you know telling himself i won't send her a letter unless it's me telling her i made it oh and then he didn't right and now he just can't he just can't accept it maybe i know that's a very like sad way of looking at it but i don't know i really don't know what else it could be unless he's just really i don't know um just forgotten about her but i i don't think that'd be the case yeah i don't think that either but uh, but but i i could see your first idea there being the case perhaps yeah yeah i'm really hoping we see him in the next volume whether or not he and asa meet in the next volume i at least want to see him you know right i agree um another question is can jisoji be trusted i guess we already went into that but just mm. i think that's you know where exactly are him and kasuga going um, or where have they gone did they literally go try to find the monster in a plane just now? Or yeah. is, right. is, is Cusco getting the, the briefing from the, from the military about what's going <laughs> on? <laughs> I, hmm. I doubt it. Yeah. And, and as, as we, or as, as you sort of, well, loosely touched on, like, yeah, who does he work for? Right. What's his deal? And as Asa kind of questioned, why does he have a photo of that creature? So yeah, there's he's just a big enigma. Beat up the poor fisherman who took it. <laughs> oh no! Give me that! No! Oh my God! It's like the beginning of uh, Return of the King with Smeagol or like the rain or something. <laughs> I don't know. That, that that that's the image I got in my head when he said that. Uh, it's <laughs> my birthday. Yeah. I want that. That that's actually <laughs> what happened with with Asa in the plane. She's like. <laughs> It's my birthday. I want it. Oh no! No. Uh, anyway, what is this? What is this episode? What is this episode? I don't know, but I like it. Whew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I have one last question: Is will there be another disaster sooner rather than later? So because the first volume. Yeah. They had a lot of disaster, and the second volume was kind of the, the aftermath, and and you know, uh, them saving people and whatnot. I guess that happened in the first one too. But mm. it feels like if you're going to deal with be dealing with kaiju, especially in Japan, there there would maybe need to be more uh, events that happen, right? Um, especially since we already have one that is historically, you know. At least for the most part historically accurate yeah yeah you know 
I, I haven't thinking about this too, like what could be the next event. I haven't uh-huh. done a lot of digging into various natural disasters and, and stuff that happened in this time. Um, mm. However, we know that the, tom- the, the Tokyo Olympics is coming up soon. And I think it's safe to say that it'll be covered in the next volume. Well, not necessarily, I guess, but there, there's a chance at least. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I was just wondering if there might be a way to tie a kaiju appearance into the Olympics, but I maybe that's strange. I just feel like that is a big event where it would be fun to kind of kind of add a fictional twist like that. Yeah, maybe there is a, another big storm or earthquake that happens during the Olympics in right. this in this realm in this reality. Right. Yeah. Right. Either he adds something like that, or maybe there is something that he could kind of spin off on more like an actual thing that might work mm. though i don't again i haven't i don't actually know but but yeah you're right there could be there could be changes to history yes as we have talked about i mean yeah who mm. knows yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and then there's well yeah as i said like asas and and nakaido's meeting here which i think should be interesting just because they've both had to some degree uh well they, they they've seen kaijus in some sense well he's only seen the claw marks and us has actually seen the tail or tentacle or whatever of one yeah, whatever that thing is plus a plus a footprint so they, they they both have some knowledge about this and it would be just be interesting to see them kind of exchange information and uh just talk about that would be interesting to see assuming they are able to i guess open up that much to one another like maybe they'll be suspicious of each other or not willing to share the information they have i don't know but but i, I feel like asa is a pretty open person and i think she would probably <laughs> talk pretty freely uh once she just understands that this is not a creepy guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think she'll i think she'll understand pretty quickly and mm, mm. I, I mean i could be wrong but i i think the way the story is going to go is he'll she'll talk to nakaido um he'll tell her that what the picture is and then she'd be like oh my gosh this is more evidence to this monster i know about it and then mm. um nakaida yeah. will bring her to yoragawa and then they'll they'll talk about their findings and, and whatnot and maybe they'll go from there yeah yeah that's my thinking makes sense yeah that's all for my predictions that's all i got too cool then um any final words you got i'm enjoying the story you know i think that a good story is one that i i'm excited to read the next volume I'm not at like the, what is the seat of my pants? What is the top of my chair? Whatever the phrase. I'm not like, you know, oh my gosh, I, I need to read oh, on this the, now. On the edge of your die. chair. Edge of my seat. That's, seat. That's the, <laughs> we got there seat. together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on the edge of my seat. Right. But um, there, there's some really great elements here. I mean, Urasawa is a great story writer. Um, and, you know, the art is great so far so yeah i mm. i'm excited to keep reading i think right now it just because i was thinking about this earlier where would i rate it uh-huh. i think i'm gonna rate it like a seven out of ten for now fair um fair. but which is good and right. it just usually things that are set of ten i want to keep watching or, yeah. or reading you know right and yeah I, I think it's like you know getting close to getting becoming an eight in my book how do you feel about this series now compared to after only having read the first volume? Is it like about the same or a bit better or a bit worse? Or like, what, how, how is it for you? 
I think it's a bit better because I, I have a better understanding of where the story is going. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it was a six out of 10 when it first started. I, it's, it was still a seven out of 10, but mm-hmm. I, it, it's much closer to being an eight than it was before. Nice. Yeah. So I have a better, better understanding of what we're dealing with here. Uh, kind of a, a, a mystery about this natural disaster and this monster. Yeah. Um, and a, a girl who is really incredible in almost everything she does. <laughs> she is. And um, to me, I, 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 I definitely had the series had a solid 8 out of 10 after the first volume. Now, I'm inclined to give it a 9 already, which feels Whoa. wrong, almost, just because we're only two volumes in. <laughs> but According to your scale... That's a masterpiece. Yes. That's, wow. that's how I rate my stuff. A nine equals a masterpiece. And I feel like this, like, to me it is. Um, okay. I'm just, I, I, can't get, I can't deny how much I'm loving this. It's a great story. I have a hard time exactly saying why or how or like, but it's just, mm-hmm. it just speaks to me. It appeals to me so much. It mm-hmm. did ever since the first chapter of the first volume. And it did throughout this volume as well. And I cannot wait to read the volume three. I probably will start, start reading it immediately after we end this um, uh, recording here. Because this has become easily one of my new absolute favorite mangas that I've ever read. Awesome. And, and the, just the fact that it became my... Like, I, the fact that I started liking it so much so quickly is also really impressive. Like, I don't think I've really experienced that before. <laughs> right. So, yeah, to me, it's, it's cool. Even with Two Year Eternity, I, you, you really loved that first volume, but I don't think you were, you know, saying 9 out of 10 after the second one, right? No, no, for sure not. Yeah. I, I think with Two Year Eternity, it took me until, like, volume 3 or 4 when I actually, before I actually really, really started loving it, you know? And, and for those who know, they know. Um, yeah, yeah. But I just, I, it, it's just funny, because not volume two, but three, four, like two volumes after that, that's what... Well, I, yeah, okay, I mean, yeah, it was kind of quick in that one as well. Um, but this one, this one's crazier. Yeah, no, this is much quicker. It's crazy. It's crazy. quicker, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's all for this week. If you enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at UmamiManga, and it would be lovely if you'd like to support us by either rating our show on the podcast platform or subscribing to our channel, UmamiManga, on YouTube. If you like this episode, please share it with anyone you think might enjoy it too. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time when we'll talk about Volume 3. Bye-bye! See you later! If there is life out there yeah. and they were able to get contact with our world, I would love to see their reactions to just how, not necessarily how our society works. I mean, that's one aspect of it, but just how our planet works. Yeah. Just definitely. how our ecosystem. I would love to see, like, <laughs> what? You guys got leaves? What, what, what is that? Right. Why is everything green? It's yeah. so weird. Why is there so much water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>